and welcome to the No Such Things of Fish Queen's Jubilee Garden Party. Woo! Uh, Dan Schreiber is over there getting together all of his dubious memorabilia about the royal family that he bought off eBay. Alex Bell is over there alphabetizing all of his VHSs of the Queen's speech from over the years, uh, filing them all under Q. Uh, there's Anna in the, at the Pim's tent, drinking it dry. And there's Andy making a portrait of one of the Queen's sons out of moss. Oh, not that one, Andy. Oh, no. Anyway, we are here today because we have an extra day off work. And we thought, what better than to give you a sneaky bonus episode of Fish so here is another mini compilation of 30 minutes of silliness. Really hope you enjoy it. We'll be back again next week with a normal episode. But in the meantime, on with the podcast! time for our final fact and that is andy's fact andy's fact this week is that <laughs> What's wrong? are you objecting to how i presented that no no you're doing a great job keep it up yeah thank you i'm mixing it up a bit you know you try something new it doesn't work you move on please andy this is andy's little nugget of joy coming up next <laughs> you really threw andy hop. there like i think i could see andy was just completely thrown he looked at what he's written on his hand and went i don't know what to do now <laughs> She's gone off script. Help. Mum, let me out. This is something that's not, not very well sourced, so um, forgive me. But I know very slightly know someone who, whose dad used to be in the Navy. Right. And the claim from him is that... <laughs> the la- <laughs> stick, stick with it. The cla- he says that the last case of scurvy that happened in the Royal Navy, the British Royal Navy, was in the 1970s. Really? Really. Yeah. Nice. Didn't James Blunt yeah. claim that he had scurvy? I read yes, that. Yes, he did. He said James that he Bond. was James Blunt. Sorry. <laughs> you know, this is according to him. So whether this is okay. true or not. So he said he was at university and all the people in his class were all vegans and vegetarians. And he was really, he didn't like this. And he thought, right, I'm going to stick it to them and somehow stick it to them by only eating meat. And so he decided no. that all he was going to eat was mince and bacon and stuff like that. Uh, and he went on a, just a meat-only diet. And he said that after a while, he went to his doctor and his doctor said, um, yeah, you've got scurvy. Wow. I'm I'm slightly suspicious of that, partly because there is vitamin C in meat. As long as it's fresh meat, yeah. there's vitamin I know, C in he was, that. He was only eating very old meat. That's the thing. It's, he's very cheap <laughs> in blunt, and he, he will only That's... eat very discounted elderly meat. He said that he lived on <laughs> mince, some chicken, and maybe some mayonnaise. Uh, and then he said that his doctor said that he might have scurvy and so he um, took to drinking orange juice every night and then he got acid reflux so you know it was it was a bad time for old blunt wait way to stick it to the vegetarians though they must have really regretted their life choices (laughs) the helicopter method they used that in the early days of um the pandemic didn't they where they were getting people to go off parks and so yeah yeah they would bring helicopters in and just tilt them and the wind 
just trying to push people really? off. Really? Yeah. Have you not seen the what? photos of that? That just seems quite dangerous to fly yeah. a helicopter so low as <laughs> it well. It does seem a bit dangerous. I guess with the angle, they were just pushing yeah. a, a what, push you, down wind. You don't mean they were physically using the draft of the helicopter blades to push people out of parks? They were telling them to get off and they were giving them a message with the wind. I don't think the wind was so great. They were literally... <laughs> <laughs> One of the great joys of the pandemic was looking out of your window to see people flying past. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone had a Vietnamese dish called Cao Lao? No, I don't think so. Has anyone been to Vietnam? No. no. Well, then you definitely haven't had it. Is it only allowed to be sold there? It's not that. You can only make it in a very specific town called Hai An. Right. Why do you think you can only make this in that particular town? It's a noodle a, dish. There's only... what? The, okay, the noodles come from a special kind of wheat, which is grown oh, only in yeah. Hai An. It's a no. secret ingredient from a lady called Ann. <laughs> Much better. No, Much better. no. What it is, you're not going to guess, Anna, are you? Uh, is it you have to uh, greet the person who makes it with your hi. Uh, there's only one person who makes it. They've trademarked it. And they say hi uh, and then give you this noodle dish. So you have to meet them. I really like the way you thought that maybe it's because it's called hi an. Probably I pronounced that wrong. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway, so the reason you can only make it here is because you need to use a very specific water for the noodles and it has to come out of a very particular well in the town. Yeah. And if you don't take the water out of this well, they're not authentic noodles. So it's like herbs with noodles on top and then crispy pork on top of that. But the noodles have to be made with this very specific water and they have to be mixed with the ash from the wood of a very local, specific local tree. So you're kind of close with your wheat thing Andy wheat, yeah. um, called kajaput uh, and apparently if you do that it gives the water's got alum in and a few other minerals and it gives the noodles a real chewy texture and a burnt flavour that you can't get anywhere else in the wow. world that's wow. so cool it have is you, cool James have you I've never been to Vietnam had it? I was no, going to no, say no, have you, have you travelled specifically to Vietnam <laughs> if I ever go to Vietnam I'm home. going here there's no doubt about that yeah. but no I haven't oh say hi to Anne when you're there <laughs> You know, we were talking about setting fire to things earlier, um, the ashes. Okay, so that's Australia versus England. And the story goes that in 1882, Australia beat England and one of the newspapers called it the death of English cricket and that the body will be cremated and the ashes taken to Australia. And so they supposedly burnt the bales of the of the cricket wickets and they put it in a little urn and that became the prize and that's the prize we use today, uh, which is very amusing and whatever, but uh, probably not for the relatives of a man who was at the match in 1882 and died in the middle of the match. Oh. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, no. So they did this kind of fake thing about all oh, the death of cricket and burned all the ashes and put them in an urn and stuff and there was a guy who actually died in the match. Wow, but they didn't incorporate him. No, no. Okay. <laughs> But that's that was a, when did you say that was 1882? 1882, yeah. Because you remember we talked about cremation a, a few weeks ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a kind of a new science at the time, and it was actually oh. quite controversial, and it was just mm. starting out. That's as really interesting. early crematoria were there was only about one in the UK at the time. That so was not very popular. probably mm. the reason was it was quite zeitgeisty at the time, right? And yeah. That's why they thought we'll burn the ashes, and that's why we have the ashes because wow. cremation was zeitgeisty at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We could have buried them in a graveyard. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they're in a they're in a museum here aren't they yeah they're they in, stay in lords they the stay time, in lords yeah. and the museum has it's got the ashes and it's also got a dead bird just sitting there does it yeah, it was a bird okay. that was killed during a match a famous match and yeah oh. was killed, killed. killed as in by a, ball, a ball i think it. a flying ball hitter or a batsman no. accidentally yeah something really? occurred the bird died That's and it's now in the museum it was a robin and 
the batsman because they didn't have the sight screens at the time. The Robin got yes. the batsman got confused yes. and yes. smashed it from the sky. Duck is also a thing in cricket that you could have used in that joke as well. Yeah, mm. it, yeah, but that's not a birdie because that's the wrong sport. <laughs> that's a golfing thing, isn't it? Like an e- and an eagle as well. Yeah, yeah. all these yeah. paths that might have been for that one not very good joke. <laughs> makes you think doesn't it (laughs) Paul Morgan in 2018 had the longest birthday ever enjoyed by anyone on the planet he had a 48 hour birthday did he do it with international datelines because he lives in Hawaii he lives in Hawaii he flew from Samoa to Auckland to Los Angeles and then back to Hawaii and he had to cross the international dateline in one very narrow window so there was a one hour period where the two time zones he was crossing were in the same day if you see what I mean and he had to cross in that one hour window and he made it by one minute and five seconds that's in, so impressive. If, if, he, if the flight, the plane he was on, which he had no control over, obviously it was a passenger flight, had been two minutes earlier, he would it would all have been for nothing. I mean, arguably it was all for nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, because he had a really long birthday, but it was all spent on an aeroplane. <laughs> exactly. He spent his entire 48 hours on a cramped airline. Yeah, and it's like you live in Hawaii, dude. Just stay in Hawaii and have an amazing time. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys heard of um, St. Kevin and the Nettles? Sounds like a band. It does. It'd be a great band. Really um, does. I'm St. Kevin and these are the Nettles. <laughs> um, I can't figure out who sounds more lame. Kevin. <laughs> or Nettles. St. Kevin, was he? I have a feeling he was either an Irish or a Welsh saint. And I'm probably wrong about this, but I think he once floated to Ireland on a leaf. But am I wrong about that? He, well, he was Irish. I, I actually don't know about his, his leaf-based record. It sounds entirely plausible. <laughs> In Saint World. Yeah, that sounds like small potatoes. Yeah. Um, so he, there are two stories about him and Nettles. One is that he only lived on Nettles for a while during Lent and uh, started losing a lot of weight. And then someone started sneaking him food. The other story is that he was, when he was young, he was in the wilderness and he was uh, praying. And a young lady was passing by, beautiful young lady, and fell madly in love with him because he was a very, very hot young I don't even know if he was a saint at this point. He was just hot, hot young priest um, having a pray. And she saw She could say in future, I fancied him before he was a saint, you know, back when he was just a humble, hot young priest. And he thought a lot of her too. Um, And so to cure his lust, he rolled in a bed of nettles uh, until his lust was cooled. And he also suggested she do the same thing. And she did. And later on, she became a nun. And no one had any fun at all. And that's the story. (laughs) And that's how you're raising your children, isn't it, Andy? (laughs) If someone turns up at your house to deliver your Grammy, would they be a Grammy Gram? Very good. Like a kiss a gram or a whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get it? It's good. uh, uh, Yes. Yeah. No, it's a joke. Um, If you're listening to this, it might feel like someone edited in a pause. That actually was how long it took everyone <laughs> to recover from that joke. Uh, sometimes people are just trying to hold uh, it together in these recording sessions and it's just, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, just one quick thing on jet engines. Oh, yeah. Um, jet, I was reading about the procedures by which they test jet engines these days. Because I know, I think we've mentioned before the the b- chicken cannon where yeah, they fire so a bird. Yeah, Rolls-Royce used to fire frozen chickens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Something. And there are all these procedures. So there's General Electric have these machines which have to create any weather 
for the engine. So you see what I mean? They're testing the jet engine in right. a big harness. And when they got... say any weather, they probably don't do like just a nice day. <laughs> they don't do <laughs> gentle breeze, yeah. clouds. Yeah, they just right. do the extreme weathers, right? <laughs> Imagine that. They only <laughs> test the engine in extreme conditions. They don't realise that's the one the one thing it can't cope with is clement weather. <laughs> it's like 12 degrees, a little bit of a breeze, but a nice sunny day so that when you're in the sun, it actually feels quite warm. Oh, but no. when you're in... No. Disaster, yeah. But there's, and there's so there's one other they do, which is called the blade off procedure. And I don't know if we've mentioned this actually, hmm. where they explode one of the blades at the base to see what happens. But, I mean, to wow. see, see that the, the engine can stay functioning even if it loses a blade. Okay. It's kind of reassuring because they, they test these things so rigorously, you know. What's, the, do... what's the answer, Can it Just in case that happens. Well, sometimes it play. passes, sometimes it fails, and they normally wave it through in either case. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the most famous stained glass in uh, England, anyway, is at Canterbury Cathedral. Hmm. And there's some which is so old that, it, you know, so T- uh, Thomas Beckett, the archbishop, was uh, killed in 11-something. Yeah. So there are some windows which are older than that, meaning yeah. that they would have been in, in place at the time. But there are also, there are windows that were created slightly later, which are referring to all the miracles that were done by... Uh, Thomas Beckett after, oh, yeah. after he died. I think we talked about him before, haven't yeah, we? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was his body was turned into some kind of homeopathic medicine. Basically, yeah, yeah you would. Yeah, exactly. They used some of his blood and they diluted it so much, but then they kept selling the water. And so, that, but there are incredible scenes in the stained glass window of people coming and being healed. So one of them is Islewood of Westerning, um, who prayed to Saint Thomas after he was blinded and castrated for petty theft. He'd committed some petty theft and he was blinded and castrated as a result, which feels, feels harsh. It feels harsh. He went to Canterbury, prayed to Thomas, and his genitals were restored big time. Big so, time? Big time. The window, there's, <laughs> and there's a stained glass window which shows. Uh, no, it, it no, can't. no, no, it doesn't show it. Shows, <laughs> it shows him um, after the prayer and after the miracle, and behind him is a tree which has these three huge leaves which symbolize his restored He's genitals. You've got three of them. He got mm. three. He got three penises. Penises. Added. Yeah. Well, there's what? So there's one leaf. Of, I don't want to be crude. One leaf is the penis, one, and two of the, the, yeah. It's representing oh, a cock. Co- basically, it's a cock and balls oh, in tree balls. form to symbolise his uh, renewed nads. There's a cock and oh, okay. balls in Canterbury Cathedral stained glass. That you've got to do tours of Canterbury Cathedral to tell <laughs> the school children that. <laughs> yeah, the Seminole people have their own Bigfoot. Oh yeah. The Seminole people have. The skunk ape of Florida. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Is oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. I have a mug at home, which is the skunk ape of Florida, which James gave to me off the oh. back of a holiday. Was that the holiday? It was. It was like a museum to the skunk ape or yeah. something. Yeah. And I bought you the mug. Yeah. And we oh, based this is this is inside baseball again, but we based the design of our no such thing as a fish mug on that mug. Oh, did we? Yeah. <laughs> same colors, same That's sort yeah. of style. Oh. Yeah. We already had the colors. To no, because be it's a blue mug. The no such thing as a fish mug. Yeah. Is not blue. Is black. Oh, did we go black in the end? Yeah. With yeah, yellow we were, on the inside. We went with yellow and black, which are yeah. the colours we've used for the, the podcast <laughs> for the last eight years. Controversial. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Your know. spin-off mug um, <laughs> industry. Well, it was based on that, which was blue and yellow. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's all falling together. <laughs> That's so far inside baseball. You've come out the other end. Our <laughs> mug is based on a mug. That I love that. Well, no, I didn't expect it to come up. There's an interesting thing um, that I quite like, which was in ancient Greece, you might have two ages, kind of. So you would have chronos, which is the amount of time that went since you were born. 
And so that's like uh, objective. This is how old you are. I'm 43 years old or whatever. And they would also have Kairos, which was your own personal sense of time passing. So if you felt much younger than you actually were, that would be your Kairos. So in my Kairos, I feel about 21, but in my Kronos, (laughs) I'm 43. (laughs) You were never 21. Even in your Kronos, you were never 21. You came out fully formed. The ancient Greeks are actually where we get a lot of our birthday celebrations, which I genuinely find quite surprising because it's the sort of thing you read and you think that's got to be a myth. And then we can actually trace the birthday cake from then when they used to celebrate Artemis' birthday. You can work out the birth day of the birthday cake the birthday of the birthday <laughs> wow. cake is yeah 17th of december 5000 bc <laughs> and birthday candles they were your greeks as well they, they were, were weren't they? They? really but yeah it was for artemis for a long time people only celebrated gods and kings birthdays and queens so you would have had a celebration lucy i suppose but the rest of us would have been <laughs> lost and they celebrated artemis and you know had these moon-shaped cakes they're always described as which surely is just a cake a cake <laughs> And then it was a different moon shape once you'd eaten some of the cake. Yes, maybe you had to eat it like you were waning it. Yeah. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a huge mouth to make that crescent shape. And I where's, yeah. where's my cake it. gone? It's a new moon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give us cake. <laughs> Just one thing on gramophones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As we're on uh, the Grammys, so singer Nick Drake. Yeah. Is that him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so Do you know Drake, the rapper. Yeah, his first name's Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so the first three albums were folk, and then he got yeah. rid of yeah. the first name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So Nick Drake died in 1974. Yeah. Nonetheless, he's going on tour this year. Well, uh, again, because. are you sure you haven't mistaken Nick Drake with actual Drake? <laughs> nominated. He's nominated. Sorry, nominated. <laughs> no, his personal. This is the weird thing. His personal gramophone is the thing that's going on tour. Okay. Is going on tour with his personal test recording of one of his albums called Pink Moon. Yeah. And it's going to be taken around and played in several different locations. That's awesome. And that's yeah. the tour. Well, the kind of people who like him are the kind of people who would love that shit, <laughs> yeah. right? Whereas normal people, probably not that interested. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. I'm definitely going well, to there's a double reason again. you'd like this, Dan, because this is not the first time this has happened. In 2007, John Lennon's piano went on tour <laughs> around the USA. Did it? Yeah. The white piano? The Imagine Piano? I'm not sure which piano it was, actually. This, I imagine I, he probably owned a couple. He had a few bob by the end. But cool. yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right, James. Like, this turns out I just don't need the actual musicians to come on tours. <laughs> I'm just happy just seeing, like, what? Are you telling me his, his what, trousers are going to come on tour? Count <laughs> <laughs> me in. MC Hammer's trousers. <laughs> tour of the world. They just dance by themselves. <laughs> Move them up and down on a rail. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, seals have oh, yeah. retractable nipples. <laughs> no. Handy. Yes. Yeah. So the idea is that it's when they're in the, this is the female seals when they're in the breastfeeding stage. Yeah. What they will do is, and this is, they do this because sometimes they're restricted fully to the sea. And I guess oh, they, they don't want another way of, you know, flooding and, and heading to the bottom of the water. And that's, what? Is the water going in through the nipples? That what? doesn't feel like it. <laughs> that doesn't feel... That feels like that's not... Yeah, that's a good point. Whenever Why I have I... a bath, my breasts <laughs> get to ten times their size. <laughs> so you have to squirt it all out afterwards. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but if you go swimming... <laughs> Water's a bit lower today. Oh, it's been ladies' hour. <laughs> He, I think he was quite inspired by a guy called Walking Stuart, who was a man he met in France. 
and he loved walking Stuart. And this is actually a guy who loads of the great um, philosophers and writers of the day really loved. And he was a bloke who basically walked from India and through Persia and Abyssinia and African countries. And then he walked through America later. He loved walking. And <laughs> he um, didn't record his travels because he thought that they should be travels of the mind. So he never wrote oh, anything. He sounds down. like what? an absolute wanker, doesn't he? You can imagine him propping up some bar as he tries to chat you up. So, well, actually, I'm a traveler of the mind, <laughs> um, which is why I haven't found a publisher yet. But, uh, I don't want a publisher, you know? He was, we've all met them on our gap years. Uh, he's definitely so a candidate for that. How do we know about him? Is it just through other people's accounts? He was written about a lot, and he also did end up publishing a lot of stuff, including what he called his stupendous essay, uh, <laughs> which he thought was a great work. Very um, much the Russell famous. Brand of the... <laughs> <laughs> Waldemar Janusak, who's basically my favourite human alive, who's um, he did a series. He's a presenter in the UK, and he did a series called "The Dark Ages: Age of Light," and it was fantastic. Fun, and fun fact: on the previous four hundred episodes, we've always cut out Anna referring to her favourite human alive, Waldemar Janusak. She's never referred to him before now. What, what's going on? You've really been, you've I'm been holding out. I'm trying to keep out. it quiet. I'm trying to keep it quiet. I can't. I'm obsessed with him. Just on, as an aside, um, technically, I learned this the other day, suckling. Babies don't suckle. Oh. Babies suck and the mother suckles. Yes, you're so oh. right. A mother is the suckler. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry about and that. You, you but... like to go around <laughs> correcting breastfeeding women, don't you, James? Just in Starbucks. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, um, just in case you thought the baby was suckling. <laughs> it's not. You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then I go although to be fair in modern parlance you can have it either way mm. but I'm just saying technically etymologically yeah. that's what's happening and you sell those t-shirts saying your baby sucks which <laughs> yeah. um, actually that reminds me of something that something I submitted as a fact for this week but which was not chosen by the committee oh, okay. of, of you guys which Ouch. was that reptiles don't suck they can't suck. Uh, yeah. Was it? I didn't see that. I didn't even yeah. see that one. Uh, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, right. And decided James deleted like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> they literally can't suck. If you left a lizard next yeah. to a smoothie, it, it would die. Beca- oh. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. They can't form the shape with their mouths yeah. to suck. That's a, an exclusively mammalian thing. Yeah, okay. How interesting. Yeah. But- and there was one reptile, I think, about 100 million years ago, which could. They found that it had evidence of the muscles. And then it just lost it. That's the only one they've ever found. So, I think. what do they? How do they eat? Because you can eat a smoothie by just tipping it over. And Not if, it go if you gullet, don't right? have opposable thumbs and there's a top on it and there's a straw. Exactly. It's hard to get at it. It's like, a sealed. Nice. It's a sealed shop fresh smoothie. Okay, right. Yeah, which they can't tip over because it's in a little indentation on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great fact. I've done, I've done this dozens of times. The lizard dies every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I don't, I don't think I've mentioned this before about mirrors. Sorry, this is a random tangent, but I remember finding it so amazing. Mm. If you're looking at yourself in a mirror and um, you want to see your, how your legs are looking and you can only see your top half, what what do you do? What, backwards? Like, does everyone the, think you would do that? The, I'd move the mirror. I, because in my mind, I'm holding a small silver-backed mirror. Ah, oh, you see, now I've got a full-length mirror and I'm just thinking I need to get as far away from it as possible to get my full body in it. Uh. Yeah, it's uh, it's welded to the wall, um, so you can't move it. You can only move yourself. Um, but it, you. Oh, but well, hang on, no. But if you 
if you leaned in really close, oh, that's so clever. If you leaned in really close and kind of looked down, then you'd see your if legs. If you lean in really close and you look down, you can see your legs. Exactly. Moving back doesn't help at all. So if you look what? at your head, yeah, it, you stay exactly the same size in a mirror. It's just the mirror gets more distant in your view. So if you look at your head in a mirror and then you measure it by putting your fingers, so you put your fingers in front of your eyes, and you're looking at your reflection. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you can, there's a certain distance between your fingers and that accommodates your head. If you walk back and back and back endlessly, your head's, I think, always going to be the same size uh, until the mirror disappears out of view. That's amazing. The thing is, so you though, have to get- I guess I can already see my legs without the use of a mirror. And that's why it hasn't presented such a problem for humanity, <laughs> as you might think. <laughs> so, so Anna, what's going on? Why do people... Because I think we all do think to ourselves, oh, yeah, just walk backwards. Um so why do we think that? I think it, we, it's, it's basically to do with the fact that as you walk backwards, you think, I'll get smaller so the mirror will accommodate more of me. But yeah. the logical way of thinking about it is the mirror gets proportionally smaller as well. So as you're getting smaller in the mirror, the mirror is getting proportionally smaller. It's further the mirror away. Is not staying, it's, yeah. As in it's further away, sorry. Yeah, so it looks smaller. So I guess if you were taking a photograph of somebody or if you were trying to take in more of a scene or you're sketching for watercolours or whatever, it, the, the further back you go, the more you see, but yes. it doesn't work yeah. with it the mirror. It would work with a yeah. video camera. Right. Yes. So if I'm trying to film my own legs, that's fine. <laughs> or sketch your own legs. Yeah. If you're trying to, if someone else is trying to film your own legs, then they, if they walk further and further back, they will accommodate your legs eventually. It's one of those cute, cute and, viral and... things on the internet. This guy sketched his own legs every day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Hawaiian monk seals um, keep getting eels stuck up their noses? Oh yeah, I saw a photo. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah, that's amazing. It's... Seals and eels. Seals and eels, yeah, wow. it's a great double act. Um, there aren't many of them left, about fourteen hundred, so wait, we don't want them to wait, suffer the, mon- the monk eels. seals. The uh, monk seals, right, right, yeah. Um, and they suffocate. What? As in they die? No, they actually don't die. They're fine, but we just don't want it happening. Yeah, you want to keep bad. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. What's the reason for it? And presumably, the eel hasn't given consent. Um, uh. It's not good. no one's interviewed the eels because they're all dead uh, by the time it's happened. I don't know if it's like an it's fixy wank game. Them, yeah, head first, so yeah. it's just a muffled interview you get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not sure why. Conservationists suggested two ways it's happened. Either um, when seals are foraging around for food in rock crevices and there's an eel in there, it launches itself defensively at the seal and oh, yeah. shoots up its nose, maybe. But they think that's a bit weird because they are really deep in the nose. Like it takes a minute to pull the full eel all the way out oh, so this great magic sh- magic trick isn't it like the handkerchiefs in his pocket yes. it is yeah. there's more eel <laughs> yeah. um so they think that it's not that they think that the seals have swallowed the eels whole and then they've regurgitated them through their nose someone's oh. made them laugh someone's <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's oh, he was so funny. I had the the anus of a, an eel poking out of my nose. He's he's brilliant. You'll love him. It's better than any applause for a comedian. Eel anuses <laughs> the throughout the audience. <laughs> okay, you ready? Oh, lovely. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it. That was. 
Seals singing Kiss from a Rose that's, by Seal. That was Seal singing. Yeah, that was, was actual singing. Seals. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember on um, Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, the oh, TV yeah. show, mm-hmm. the late 90s, early 2000s, Chris, Chris Evans hosted. Yeah. Okay. And they used to do a thing called Superfan, where they had a celebrity and then a superfan. And obviously it was they pitted against to see who knew more about the celebrity, the celebrity themselves, mm. or the superfan. Sounds like an absolute stalker's charter, well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, also was, there, was, there, was there a screen between them? Was there a Hannibal Lecter mask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the prize was that something... <laughs> you get of... to spend a day on your own in their house. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear their skin like a mask. It was... Um, yeah, because as far as I remember, I remember one with Barry White, and it was some massive mm. fan. So Barry White gave this woman a a handkerchief that he had mopped the sweat from his brow with which you sort of go yeah just hanging on to your favourite celebrity's DNA I think that's encouraging some questionable behaviour that we shouldn't be what giving them sort of your own sweat stained well you can make your own can't you at home make your own Barry White (laughs) (laughs) just sell those kits (laughs) clone your own with their sweat can you clone someone from their sweat I believe not it's just water, isn't it? Salty water. You're just going to get a giant human-shaped lump of salty water. <laughs> or somebody else had used it. You know, Chris Evans had used it to wipe his sweat as God, well. And you accidentally got Chris Evans. Oh, of... And you made a, an Evans white crossover. Like the fly, mutant. yeah. Great version of the fly that would be. He comes out, he's half Chris Evans. It's the dream man. Barry Ginger, it would be. Yes. Have you guys heard of... Uh, Ethelbert's Code. An Anglo- Great Just name. Ethelbert, yeah. right? No, I've, it's, an, it's definitely an A-E at the start of it. I, I believe it's pronounced Ethelbert. Like my um, local church in Bolton is St. Ethelbert's. But spelled like that, A-E. Well, they get rid of the A. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on. Look, we're, <laughs> they're all dead. No one's gonna complain. <laughs> I tell Paris, you have to say it like that. Oh, all right, Ethelbert's Ethel, Ethel, might be Ethel. This code is a legal encyclopedia <laughs> from the seventh century, and yeah. it's basically, um, it has an extensive list of crimes and punishments, and normally for uh, lots of them are for injuries. Uh, so I just yeah. wanted if you could guess oh, which was worth more or less. So it's kind of, again, you know, it's kind of higher or lower. Uh, play your cards right style, right? Uh, knocking out a front tooth. Okay, so the punishment for this we're talking yeah, about. So it's the financial penalty. I'll and give you, you the first one. Tell us what that is, yeah. which is six shillings. Six All shillings. Right? Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's that worth these days? Oh God, I mean, thirty p. Yeah, thirty p. It's not a big fine. It's a few freddos. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, these days it's probably not. Um, Little finger. More than a tooth, for sure. Front tooth, though. It's one of the big four teeth. I don't mind. Little finger, it must be. Because how do you drink tea otherwise? Yeah, that's a good point. It's 11 shillings. James is right. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Stabbing a man through his genitals. (laughs) More or less than... Little little finger. finger, Yeah. does seem like it's more... Feels like more, 12 12 shillings. It's less. Less? Really? Six shillings. Really? Yeah. Little, oh, really Christ. valued the little finger yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah crikey um, taking someone's thumbnail more or less than stabbing someone through the penis well oh okay so I think more than stabbing someone through the penis less than the little finger I just I mean uh, it I feels like really... it should be way less but then we've already established that stabbing someone in the penis <laughs> is actually positively that's, encouraged that's Alphabert's code baby <laughs> <laughs> Why has he gone so specific? Surely you don't need a separate law for taking someone's thumbnail. 
Is it well, different to taking someone's index fingernail? Uh, yes, it would be actually because thumbs and fingers have different values. Wow. Little, little finger has a different value to the thumb, and the, all the all the fingers have different values, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right then. What do you get for taking someone's thumbnail? How would you even go about doing that? Maybe three shillings. Really? Yeah. Really? Is, do you think that's cutting the top off or no, pulling out the like, whole thing? Like pliers and then pulling it off, like in torture, right? Yeah. I, can, yeah. I think that's it. Although it doesn't imply that people went around torturing each other at the time. Yeah. You know, with like a menu. <laughs> what can we afford to do yeah, this yeah, guy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I can definitely stab him in the dick. But <laughs> you can stab him in the dick and take a fingernail. You can't afford to take his little finger. Or you can punch him in the nose for three shillings and take one premolar. Uh, but not a front tooth. <laughs> how, many, how much was the stabbing someone in the genitals? That was six shillings. So you can punch someone in the nose twice. Or stab them in the penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. God. Which would you do? Which would I do? Well, it depends what, it depends what yeah, the person's done. I wouldn't it? do either of those things. Yeah. It's implying that actually taking away someone's ability to take the piss out of someone's genitals by removing their little finger is worse than removing their actual genitals. Because uh, yeah. that's the main thing you use your little finger for, isn't it? What a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. And but it someone, is inhumane not to give someone the chance to do that. If someone had done that to me, let's say, I would probably want to stab that person in the penis and could afford to. Well, well, we need to brag. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, the, the advertising yield for this year is 18 shillings. So. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all of our facts. That is the end of our compilations for a good little while now. Uh, but in the meantime, if you'd like to speak to me, go to Twitter and you'll find me on at James Harkin. Andy is on at Andrew Hunter M. Dan is on at Schreiberland. And if you'd like to speak to Anna, you can email her at podcast at qi.com. You can go to nosesthingsafish.com for everything else to do with fish. And if you go to qi.com slash fish events, you will specifically get the details of our upcoming tour dates. We will see you next week with a normal episode. And until then, enjoy your weekend. Goodbye.